Yeah. Okay. We we got a lot of we got a lot going on. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara. Uh, I feel like we could talk about every running back in the league. Um, we got uh, that. We're going to talk about our listener league. Um, man, there's been a lot of injuries. Uh, we're going to dive right in. Uh, we got all that and more on this episode of Unscripted. So I mentioned uh, in the opening that we were going to touch on some running backs, and uh, I guess we should. Um, I know Alvin Kamara sort of dominated the day, but uh, I think we should uh, mention Leonard Fournette first and his uh, shocking to most everybody, except maybe one or two people, um, cut. Uh, it was definitely shocking to me. Uh, I didn't see it coming. I know you. You guys didn't see it coming. Only really one person saw it coming. Um, I guess maybe that might be the wolf of the day. That would be the that that would be the wolf <laughs> of the day, dude. Yeah. So we're all wearing stink hats. Um, and I guess we should. Uh, we I guess we take this time to talk about uh, what's going on in the backfield in the wake of Leonard Fournette leaving town. You know, here's a cool thing. You know, you're, you're ready to hear this. This just happened. Uh, alive. I just got offered a trade of uh, my 21 fourth, 21 fifth, and 22 fifth, and they want to send me Divine Ozigbo. So. <laughs> for two fourths and a fifth? For, for one fourth and two fifths. Take it. I mean, oh, take I'm going that. to, dude. Yeah. It's, I, like, I was like laughing at it where I'm just like. Okay, if you're gonna if it wants to be that cheap, they're not yeah. even trying to get value. I mean, those picks are throwaway picks. Well, that's what I'm saying. The 21 and the 22. You know what sucks picks. about Ozigbo was? Uh, I mean, I had some threads on him last year. He was a deep sleeper for me last year, and he bounced around to like three different teams, and I dropped his ass. <laughs> and now he might become <laughs> very. Too. Now he might become very relevant, especially early in the season. Uh, shout out to Evan Silva for tweeting out just recently. That uh, Raquel has mispracticed for weeks, mm-hmm. um, so uh, uh, Ozigbo might be in line for getting the early down work. Uh, hey man, we gotta we gotta give Evan Silva his due uh, yeah. in this business. Oh no, you gotta take oh, your wait. L. You were talking about you were talking about Nyquil Armstead, and I went to sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus, man, the dude has a ninety four. 94 percentile 40 and a 91 percentile speed score i mean um he's not hashtag bad at football uh Reichwell is uh i think it's just a little bit above jag level um to me i i do like what ozigbo can bring to the table too um he was uh kind of forgotten about undrafted he didn't go to the combine last year but uh He's a he's a big boy. I think he's a perfect fit for getting some early down work with Chris Thompson getting uh, the passing down work. Um, but uh, you know you got to take the L in this business sometimes. And we were really hard on Silva a couple weeks ago, suggesting that the Jags would cut Fournette. There was obviously some insider information there that we were not aware of, and um, 
his ass got cut. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the L sometimes. I mean, I say like what we do is like, we're like weathermen, you know, if the weatherman gets it right 60% of the time, he's doing all right. But the weatherman doesn't take the L when he calls for rain and it's sunny or vice versa. I think we have to take our L's more than the, the weatherman do, but, uh, Heavy passing offense, uh, you know, I think this uh, favors Minshew and favors Shark and Chenault. I think uh, Gruden will want to air it out. This team's defense is horrible. Um, Can you see like a Blake Bortles Jaguar situation where there's just garbage time fantasy goodness all over the place? Absolutely. Um, Not much of a running game to speak of and and lots uh, lots of garbage time points. I wouldn't rush out if, like, unless you just left your draft and you, you are really thin at running back, or you maybe you drafted Fournette. Um, I wouldn't rush out and spend a lot of fab money on uh, Nyquil Armstead. I do feel like maybe with uh, he sort of flashed in the passing game a little bit at the end of last season, uh, and I feel like if anybody is going to be relevant, it'll probably be him. Uh, Ozigbo is sort of like that. He's like a poor man's Leonard Fournette. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that if they're if they're guys that you have rostered, I think they're guys you're looking to uh, to flip uh, for the most value right now. I don't think they have um, as much value in, on your starting roster as they do in trade for people that you know are thinking highly of them. Uh, I think it's going to be a, an ugly committee of those three guys. And um, I honestly, I don't think you're spending fab on Ryquel or Ozigbo. I, I looked through all my dynasty rosters, and uh, I did pick up Chris Thompson in like two or three leagues last week. But all those guys are, are rostered now. Uh, I could not find any Ryquel or Ozigbo out there on waivers. I looked. So I, I don't think anybody's spending fab on them. I think they're they're rostered, and they should be put on the trade block if you know what you're doing. Yeah, there's a there's one dynasty yeah, I, name. There's one dynasty guy that I just want to jump out real quick at. That's uh, James Robinson. He was on a draft of running back out of Illinois to the Jaguars. Um, he was dominant at, FS, at the FSC level. He had 4,444, touchdowns on 797 carries. Uh, he was a workhorse at, at Illinois. He's a strong downhill runner. He's got great power. He loves contact. And he's got some pretty decent hands, too. And he's good at pass protector. So uh, he's you know he's a he's a guy he's having a good camp. I'm not saying he's gonna do anything, but he's a guy to keep an eye on because he's probably gonna be there if they carry four running backs. He's probably gonna be that fourth running back. If you've got a taxi squad, I like that pickup absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I I did put in claims for that guy. So did uh, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good move. So, good call. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah uh, good call there. Um, what do you guys think of it? So Leonard Fournette. His future. Where does he go? What are some of the uh, better landing spots? Um, a lot. I've seen a lot of people say New England, New England, New England, uh, and that's sort of like the shrewd Bill Belichick move, where he he would end up there. Well, you know, I think that uh, I think you could stay in that division. You know, the Bills really need a running back right now, so. He could uh, he could fit right in the yeah, buffalo. I'm not even, not even going to touch that uh, dude, shit, Beasy. <laughs> I know exactly what you're trying to do, I, so just move the what? fuck on. I just I was you just going to throw what? it out there. I, I don't. I'm just. Yeah, well, this, I'm balling it up and smashing it back this, at you. This is just some fantasy analysis right here, my friend. 
Uh, it's <laughs> terrible advice. The Bills do not need a running back. If the Bills <laughs> pick up Leonard Fournette, I quit. Oh, I will shit a brick, dude. I'd be so... <laughs> oh, boy. Give me that. I'm here for it. Well, now that he's uh, now that he's cleared waivers, he doesn't cost four million anymore. Um, so I think somebody will pick him up for the two point one to two point three yeah. million dollar range. Um, I'm looking at um, the Falcons. Yes, um, with Gurley's knees, and and we talked in our group uh, Undroppables chat this week about all the Jags that are behind Gurley, if something would happen to him, Ito Smith and Brian Hill and Cadre Allison, I mean, none of those guys stand out at all. Um, I think that would be a really, really good one-two punch. And uh, according to Matt uh, Verdame, who's uh, a beat writer for the Chiefs, um, they have potential interest in Fournette now that he's cleared waivers. And he would boy, back up Clyde oh Edwards-Hilaire, but uh, Twitter would absolutely – break and the mm-hmm. sleeper app would also shut down again like it did this week when uh, like it did uh you know this morning when uh when Fournette was uh dropped um, yesterday right yesterday, or yesterday yeah yesterday when he was dropped so maybe new england's a, a, an outside chance uh it could be a team that no one's you know talking about too it it seems to me like when something like this happens and there's four or five t- teams floating around the one that it ends up going to, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about those guys. So, I don't know. I'm saying Atlanta, it also is really hard to see what the cap situation is for these teams right now because nobody's made cuts. A lot of teams appear to be over the cap, but they won't be after they cut. Like, Atlanta's one of them. They look to be like 5 to $8 million over the cap right now, but you really don't know what's going to happen until this weekend when they start making cuts if they're going to have that couple million dollars. But to me, that would make the most sense, a contending team that could use the depth. So I'm, I'm going to say Falcons. I don't think he's going to go there, at least uh, I hope not. Um, having just drafted Todd Gurley in my home league. Uh, right. Um, well, you but, can hope uh, in one hand and take a crap in the other and see which one fills up first. But take a crap in your the new teams toilet. don't care about your fantasy <laughs> team at all. I care about my fantasy I know. That's what everybody says. Everybody's like, well, I hope not because that would hurt my blah, blah, blah. I hope not. Well, that's just not how the world works. You know, the team that thinks they can use them is going to pick them up and somebody's going to be mad. Did you see my tweet with the uh, with the Halloween guy with the knife that said that uh, yeah. <laughs> Leonard Fournette's coming to mess up your RB2? Um, he is. Yeah, he's, um, he's coming to screw somebody's fantasy world uh, really bad. It's interesting that you went Falcons. Um, that's actually I haven't heard that, uh, but I wasn't on Twitter a lot today. Uh, there was a story that came out today about how good Todd Gurley has looked uh, lately, and how he's been getting to the edge and making big plays in camp. And um, they have a plan in place where he's going to rest every uh, fourth practice, um, and they feel like he's going to be fresh and ready to go on game days. So it's it's interesting. They they I think they are excited about Todd Gurley. Sure, and drafting Fournette Um, wouldn't mean that they're not excited about him. Drafting Fournette would mean that they've got insurance and they've got somebody to spell him. He's not going to carry the ball thirty times a game, obviously. So I don't know. I I think uh, for a win now team, um, I don't think that you know he's going to go to the Jets. I don't think he's going to go to 
you know, a team that's not in win now mode. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, Tampa Bay or New England or Atlanta or one of those teams, really. I'm I'm thinking, well, he, he came out and said he had interest in the Rams. Now, the Rams have not reciprocated this interest, uh, and it would be surprising, at least to me, seeing as how they've spent a third and a second round pick back-to-back drafts on, on the running back position uh, were they to sign him. Well, also, um, all the early draft capital Jags end up in at the Rams, right? Yeah, I mean Blake Bortles yeah. went there, and Jalen Ramsey went there, and uh, yeah. who else? Dante Fowler yeah, is he one of them? Jaguars West. Yeah, they all end up over there. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the team that uh, no one is talking about, and so this will sort of lead into our next uh, topic here. Uh, how about the Saints? That's where I was going to go. Yep, he could go uh, back to New Orleans. Yeah, let's say the Saints do in fact. And listen, I think a lot of this is uh, posturing more than anything, but let's say the Saints do uh, move away from uh, Alvin Kamara. They just go right to the waiver wire and, and sign uh, Leonard Fournette, and they could still make a push. 100%. He, he, Leonard Fournette and Sean's Payton system would be – I would be very interested, especially if I had him on my team already. Um, I, I think it's – with Kamara's potentially being traded, there could be some something there, but – I mean, again, we'll have to see how it all plays itself out. But to me, he would overlap with Lat Murray's role, though. Um, you know, Kamara has a special scheme, manufactured touches. Having Lat and, and Fournette there isn't anything like having Lat and Kamara there. Um, yeah. There would there would be a good chunk of your playbook you'd be throwing out the window. I don't yeah, think, I think uh, Latavius Murray is anything special. There no, we've go. talked about that before, and and yeah. I, I really don't either. But uh, I think the that them threatening to trade him was leverage against not paying him Christian McCaffrey money. Mixon just got twelve million a year. I'm not sure how much is guaranteed. I know it's a ten million dollar signing bonus, but you know he supposedly has uh, ex- you know expressed that he wants Christian McCaffrey money. And I don't think the team wants to pay him that. So I think they used a little leverage against that money to say that they might trade him. Um, what just came out was that he had an epidural, and that's why he's been missing practice. So I don't know if that's his version of Joe Mixon's headache. But I, I am a little concerned about the epidural if there really is a, a back problem because I haven't heard about any recent injury. But that he's going to practice tomorrow and that they're closer than, you know, than everybody says before things went sideways. So I think there's just some posturing, like you said, going on. And I think they're going to sign him because there's nobody that replaces him in that offense. And and 25% of that playbook is written specifically for Alvin Kamara. you got to have him on that squad. It's just a, it's a weird situation because it flies right in the face of what Sean Payton said yesterday about his absences being unexcused and not injury-related. Um, right. So, the, two, the two sides are definitely yeah. saying different things. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there's some weird stuff going on. Look, I would probably, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say that it's probably 15% that he actually changes teams. Uh, but their cap situation is very precarious. You know, they don't have a lot of money at all. And they've got a lot of people in this, in Camara's draft class coming up to be repaid that, that are, and, and they just gave, this is, it's just all the more puzzling to me that they just gave Taysom Hill $21 million when they have uh, all this talent coming up that needs to be re-signed. 
um, in Fournette's draft class. Uh, Marcus Williams, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, um, all those guys are coming up uh, for renewal along with Kamara. And this sort of just feels like the last stand of the Saints uh, uh, to me. Uh, Breeze is probably going to the booth next year and um, – you know, they just can't afford to pay all these guys, and they're probably going to have. I mean, if they're if they don't go with Taysom Hill next year, they let Teddy Bridgewater go. Who are they going with? Jameis right. Winston. He's on a one year deal. He he's not signed next year. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, Sean Payton must really like those ten plays a game that they use Taysom Hill because he's getting paid about <laughs> three hundred thousand yeah. dollars per play. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get the thought process behind that at all. I do think Breeze plays one more year though after this year if you they think? don't if they don't win. If they win, I think they'll hang it up. If he doesn't win, I think uh I think they'll give it one more shot. Absolutely. Especially if he stays um healthy. I mean, his only issue last year which sidelined him for several weeks was his thumb. I mean, that wasn't a that was a fluke injury. So I think if he stays upright and stays healthy, if they don't win, um I think he's playing another year. I think him and Ben are in the same boat. I think him and Ben will both uh, try to play in 2021 uh, to get that trophy. See, I think Ben's probably got like three more years. I don't know, man. He yeah. started talking about retiring like three years ago. Right. <laughs> he's, 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 uh, he said he's got two this, years at least. Yeah, all this offseason he's talked about how good he feels and uh, he's you know his arm feels as young as it's ever felt and he wants to play three more years. I think he could do it. If they if they protect him, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think they have the offensive line to do. So they have a great offensive line. Do you yep. want to move the chains to um, something that's going to make Beasy really really happy? Oh, so uh, Joe Mixon signed an extension today, and uh, also I'll say uh, Jeff Duncan of the Athletic reports that uh, the offer to Camara is in the Joe Mixon range for sort of like twelve million a year. Yeah, that sounds right. You saw what I tweeted yesterday. I think the teams and the players are all playing kind of chicken. No one wants to pay too much. No player wants to get paid too little. I think Mixon set the market uh, for Cook and uh, and Kamara. They're all the same age. I think they all bring a lot to the, their each other's respective offenses. I know that Cook wants fourteen million. Kamara wants sixteen to eighteen million. I see them all kind of getting that twelve million dollar. Uh, contract that uh, that Joe Mixon just got, and uh, through all this and uncertainty, there's some you know there's uh, some solidarity there in Cincinnati. I know Beasley's excited; he's a huge Joe Mixon guy. We talk about him a lot, and um, he's uh, he's inked. He's good to go. He got his money. He got paid, and uh, wheels up on uh, on Mr. Mixon. Beasley, yeah. what league, what league was it where you and I swapped uh, Miles Sanders for Joe Mixon? Oh man, dude. Um, that's a great question. I, I know exactly what trade you're talking about because we uh, somebody had done a poll on it, and it literally was fifty fifty after 50/50. like yeah. twenty four hours of something like that, dude. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I I will I always say Joe Mixon is you know is my guy this year. I've been all over him. Um, I'm stoked. This is just a great great thing for the Bengals. I mean, they get their backfield locked up here a little bit. Give Burroughs, you know, that stud running back to hand the ball off to, dump the ball off to, whatever he needs to do. Um, I, I love the deal for him. Uh, you know, it, uh, a per over the cap, 
Um, that puts him at right around the, the number six running back in terms of uh, salary. So he's right behind Derrick Henry. So, I mean, that's a that's fantastic. And, you know, in 44 career games, he's had 2,931, 17 touchdowns on the ground, 108 receptions for 870 and four more. You know, I think he's in for a huge year. He's motivated. He's hungry. Um, he's been great in camp. You know, they're, they're raving about him, his attitude, everything. So I'm, I am super excited for Joe Mixon this year. I'm glad he got it. Yeah, the camp talk has been strong, and there's, you know, not as much – uh, good camp talk about some of these other guys we're talking about. So it is very noteworthy that um, he showed up to camp uh, confident that he would get paid. You talked about some of the tweets he's made that's alluded to him getting paid. He just, uh, I think he did it right. Hey, I'm here to play. I'm not going to hold out. I'm not going to have some, you know, uh, mysterious injury. Although the headaches thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, I think he knew it was close. And I think he just, you know, I, at that point, you're protecting your future asset. If if I know that I'm going to get signed in the next few days, and if I go out on the field and tear my Achilles and ruin my career, you know I, I'm not going out there either. So I don't blame him for the headaches. I really, really don't. Um, mm. He wanted to take a few days to just say, "Hey, you know, we're going to get this done here in the next couple of days, right? I'm not, I'm not practicing. I don't want to get hurt. I, I don't, I don't mind that. No, me neither. I don't mind it uh, from running backs." Um because their, their shelf life is so short, they have such a finite amount of time to make their money. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, it's and, not and like also other positions. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I was kind of listening to a little bit of. Uh, I heard this on the NFL Network earlier um, that there is a piece to this deal for a, a possible of a, of a fifth year. Yes. So I, I don't. I didn't really quite catch the whole thing because I was busy doing something. But I did hear that there's pot. The you know there's something in there with a fifth year possibility and. Um, that could make the the deal. I think it was fourteen million a year if that goes on to the fifth year. So yes, I saw that money. as well. They do have a fifth year option on them. Yeah, awesome. That <laughs> just makes me happy. That'll that should take him till he's twenty nine years old if he plays out that contract. So that's that's yeah. a pretty good deal for the Bengals as well. Yeah, and like you say, I mean, for a running back, that's you know, that's your big contract. You're after the rookie contract. You get five years. You probably are signing, you know, one year, two or three million dollar contracts after that if you are still playing. So you got one shot. Absolutely. Um, so that's it. Um, so I I understand what's going on and uh hopefully Kamara and Cook follow suit real, really closely. If I'm right, they'll they'll both sign within the next five days. Um yeah, Mixon uh is fifth in the NFL in yards after contact since his uh, rookie season. And he has the league's seventh most rushing yards since the start of the 2018 season. So uh, good for him. Uh, we'll see if uh, they uh, utilize them more in the passing game this year and he can actually live up to that lofty contract, sixth highest paid running back in the league. Um, speaking of running backs, uh, is this a thing or is this not a thing? Uh, Coach John Harbaugh came out today and said that jk dobbins would quote have a significant role early uh it's a thing uh, yeah i think it's a thing too i don't think this is camp talk uh mark ingram doesn't profile as an elite running back he became very relevant in two fantastic situations when he was playing with kamara 
with the Saints. That was a fantastic situation. And then went on the most run-heavy team in the league where everybody's got their eyes on the quarterback. Also a fantastic situation. Dobbins is on a completely different level as far as athleticism and what he brings to the table. Um, I think that uh, I actually have Dobbins ranked ahead of Ingram for redraft. And somebody wow. told me that I, yeah, so, woof, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, I, was, I wasn't going to go there. I was going to give you a break. Somebody told me that I was crazy for doing that. But, <laughs> but I, heard, I heard somebody talking about this the other day, and, and, and they brought up a good point. And I was talking about this a few years ago. That doesn't necessarily mean that's where I'm going to take them, or I think you should take them, because you're just taking them way too early. People are right. obviously drafting Mark Ingram first. That's just my way of saying I think that's where his value is, and I think he could finish the season with more fantasy points. So as soon as Ingram goes off the board, I think he's fair game, and I think he could finish with more fantasy points. He's a very dynamic player. He's been used in the passing game, not just with dump-off passes, but you know, running routes over the shoulder, uh, kind of like Antonio Gibson has been used in Washington. And, um, you know, one might siphon from the other. So they both might end up being, you know, not good values, really, when it all boils down to it, um, if there's a really, really strong uh, share there. But I think that the two-headed monster will go from Ingram early to, as the season progresses, Dobbins will get more and more because they're just going to have a hard time keeping him off the field. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. I think – I really think it's a very similar situation. You've got the incumbents there that are good and that they know the offense, but the guys behind them are just well, on another level. I think uh, the incumbent in Baltimore is a little better than the incumbent in Indianapolis, but that's a that that really yeah. doesn't matter. I sort of I sort of agree with your premise. Um, They're in the same is, tier for me, bro. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to all poo-poo, across the board. I'm not going to poo-poo Mark Ingram. Uh, instead, I'll say that between uh, ju- the turd that was Justice Hill and um, the Gus Bus, <laughs> the, <laughs> I deserve it. I, a, I deserve about, it. I deserve it. Yeah, you deserve it. All right. Um, they got about 200 carries last year, um, and I could see you know J.K. easily getting 175 carries, and Mark Ingram's uh, workload staying sort of similar to what it was. Uh, I think there's enough there for both of these guys to eat. Yeah, the camp talk that needs to be ignored is the camp talk from several months ago that it's going to be a four-headed monster. No, it's going to be a yeah, two-headed that's not monster. Be Mark Ingram was uh, ran a four-six-two, uh, ninety-four speed score, which is fortieth percentile, thirteenth uh, percentile burst score, eighteenth percentile agility score. He's not anything close to what Dobbins is from a profile standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, from what he can bring dynamically to the team. It's just going to be, I think it's going to be really, really, really hard to not give that guy uh, 200 plus touches. I really do. I'm all over the kid. I think uh, since uh, Ingram is not under contract past this year, and I don't think they're going to want. Um, he actually is under contract for 2021 term. Yeah, but there, there's an out in it. They have an out. Yes. His, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, which I'm sure that they will they will utilize unless they really feel like 
Justice Hill really just is a turd. Probably. Um, I was just trying to be completely accurate, but yeah, they probably will. Yeah, they, they probably will. Um, and I don't think they want uh, uh, Lamar Jackson running as much as he ran last year. Like I said, I think there's enough there for both of these guys to, to get theirs. I mean, Mark Ingram did average five yards a carry and scored ten touchdowns last year. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, when, when was the last time Baltimore <laughs> had a workhorse running back? That'd be Ray Rice. Ever since Ray Rice, they've been they've been splitting their backfields up at least two to three guys. So there's there's plenty of room to go around. I think we should touch on a couple of injuries here. Uh, the Eagles lost Andre Dillard, their prize left tackle. I think that hurts Carson Wentz more than it does um, Miles Sanders. They're gonna they're gonna have a hard time if i think they're probably going to wind up flipping peters back over to the left tackle now um and then another eagle thing jalen rigor was inexplicably injured while making a tackle in practice the other day and apparently he's got a small tear uh that's going to keep him out about a month uh which really really sucks yeah Uh, and this is also a similar injury one kid no go ahead bz he's just one kid i was really excited to see Oh, yeah. I mean, apparently this is a very similar injury to what Tyrell Williams had as well. So that's, that's a you know, if you drafted him in a dynasty, you, whatever, you're fine. You're going to have to just deal without him. But if that ends up getting worse, if the pain tolerance isn't, you know, if he's not able to deal with it, he, he could be on the shelf a lot longer than four weeks. Yeah, I like the kid too. Uh, you were talking about the that Matt McCoy uh, podcast. Uh, I listed Rager as one of the, one of my top ten sleepers for this year because the opportunity is just there. I mean, they were you know bringing guys in off the street last year towards the end of the year and converting quarterbacks <laughs> to play the position. So I just saw a huge opportunity, and and the guy can just flat out play. Um, it requires surgery, but he's going to play through it and and have surgery in the offseason. So he's going to have to play through uh, some pain tolerance all year long. It is, I believe, a torn labrum. Um, and the irony is the Eagles spending high draft capital on Jalen Hurts to protect themselves from a quarterback that gets injured who comes into practice and throws a pick and Jalen Rager gets injured tackling the guy that intercepted the ball. Um, mm. I think that's some really, really, really bitter irony. And just uh, there's been bad news all all along the injury front for the Eagles um, in the past couple weeks. So uh, it's not looking good too good right there. I will say if you play DFS, um, throwing Deshaun Jackson out there week one is an absolute no-brainer. Uh, thank me and pay me later. Two touchdowns. Week That's one. where I was going. That's where I was <laughs> yeah. going with this. Uh, so uh, I listened to Adam Kaplan this morning on the radio, and uh, he was say, saying how Deshaun Jackson has looked uh, phenomenal in camp, um, and uh, also Zach Ertz. So uh, yeah, I think with the price that you're paying for Deshaun Jackson, um, yeah, go get him. Yeah. I mean, who who else are they? Like, I mean, he's. He's always been that. He's always had that elite separation, uh, and he, he can. He's more than just a nine route guy. So uh, if he's hell, it's always been his health, right? If he's on the field, he's going to be dynamic. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a mini version of you know Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey with Ertz and, and Deshaun Jackson. Those are the two guys you should really be looking at right now. And uh, you tagged me in that tweet. Uh, thanks for shouting me out there. There's there's they're in hard talks right now to sign Ertz, and I've been uh, banging that drum for months. And I think on one of our episodes we said who's going to be the next big you know uh, tight end to sign and. Uh, um, I said Ertz, and uh, a lot of people thought that they're going to let him walk, and uh, a lot of Dynasty owners are heavily invested in Dallas Goddard, but um, I think they love that two tight end set, and they love them some Ertz, and uh, he's still, I think he's like 33 years old, which is, you know, basically 28. He's not even 30. Oh, he's not even 30? Oh, he's 29 years old, he's my 29. bad. 29. Yeah, 29, yeah. which is like, you know, a wide receiver, 25. Um, cause those guys just last a little longer. Um, so, uh, yeah, wheels up on Ertz and DJX. They'll probably be the, uh, the only viable options in the passing game. Well, you got to give Goddard it too, dude. I mean, if they're on two tight end sets, he's gonna, he's gonna see a lot more targets right now than he was, than he was projected to get. Yeah. Both those guys can eat. Definitely. Absolutely. Kaplan also said that the, uh, Goddard's thumb injury was much to do about nothing. That he was catching the ball just fine. So he's as plugged into Eagles camp as uh, as anyone is anywhere. So so we mentioned Dillard. We mentioned uh, Rigor. This Derwin James uh, news it really stinks. Um, their defense uh, projected to be really good. Uh, missing him, basically he's going to be out of the season. I mean, if it's six to eight months, um, he's basically out of the season. Uh, this kid just doesn't seem like he can catch a break. No, dude, it's so frustrating. I feel so bad for the kid because he he's he's one of those game changing, you know, safeties. He's just dynamic football player. He's got a lot of range for IDP. I would I love the kid. I have him on a few of my squads. I was excited to get him back this year, but that's just I, it, it. It seems like every year the Chargers always get some some sort of massive injury to one of their stud you know, players, and it's just, you got to feel for him, man. That that's, uh, sucks. What was his injury last year? Uh, last year, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it was, a, it was a knee injury. Yeah, that's just so unfortunate. Um, I, I really had my eye on that kid out of uh, Florida State. Um, I thought he fell ridiculously in drafts, uh, in, in the NFL draft. Um, I think he ended up falling to, like, number 18, or something um, crazy like that, and I, I seriously thought he was a top ten talent, and now um, a, another injury, and yeah, he's definitely out for the season, and uh, that's um, that's not good. A guy like that can get you coverage sacks, you know, and uh, and 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 shut down his um, side of the field. Um, that one of the best really prospects there is that just can't can't stay healthy. Yeah, last year he last missed. Year that. It was a, it was a yeah. ref, refracture of his fifth metatarsal. Yep, uh, which cost him. That's what cost him uh, his sophomore season. Jesus. Yeah. So I feel so bad for the kid. Let's see here. Uh, moving the chains a little bit. Um, the Jets want to utilize Le'Veon Bell more as a pass catcher. Uh, Adam Gase. <laughs> Duh. They can. They can Ooh. do a better. Yeah. They can do a better job of getting him the ball in space so that he can make big plays. I think they were just, you know, kind of commenting on him, uh, commenting that they're not using him right. He didn't like his usage in practice. 
Uh, coach benched him in practice from an injury that was really minor that he said he wanted to play through. I think that this was just them kind of placating him a little bit because he's expressed uh, how unhappy he's been. And I guess Frank Gore's getting way more reps. Um, so I think... I, you know, obviously it's something they should do. They should get him more involved in the passing game. We've seen what he could do in the passing game, but I think this was kind of lip service. And speaking of injuries, I mean, geez, their wide receiver core is basically Jamison Crowder, uh, who did get hurt today, hurt. too. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brashard Perryman's knees still swollen. Chris Herndon, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. Who? No, no I have no idea who he is. Chris Mims Herndon is also hurt. Yeah, Mims is hurt. Chris Herndon has a uh, a tightness. Who? It was explained as a tightness in his core, but he was helped off the field. So yeah, if, a core, if a core has tightness but doesn't exist, does anybody is anybody around? <laughs> well, guys, it's I joke about Herndon, um, but you got to realize that a day like today, with all the Alvin Kamara news and Joe Mixon news. And then Chris Herndon, anytime Chris Herndon's making headlines, that's a busy day for me because I am tagged in every Chris Herndon tweet on Twitter multiple times. Um, But that was the story that uh, they're saying now that he'll be okay. But, you know, I'm questioning, you know, why was he helped off the field? Tightness in your core, that could be sports hernia, a groin, a broken rib, a bruised rib. Um, You know, it could be a multitude of things, but... Um, a guy, if his, if he's tight, he can walk off the field under his own accord. He doesn't need two trainers to help him off. So I, I don't know what happened there. But hopefully Jamison Crowder can can get healthy um, quickly because um, that guy, they need him. he had 120 targets last year. He could easily get 150 <laughs> this year if all these guys re, you know remain hurt. Yeah, I know I've, yeah. I've said this. He, he averaged seven seven targets a game in games that Sam Darnold started last year. He left with uh, muscle tightness today. What That's what's being described as muscle tightness. Yeah, everybody was tight today. Uh, yeah, supposedly that's just yeah. the answer for everything is that everybody's tight. I don't know. I'd be tight, too, so if I'll Adam Gase someone, was rolling his eyeballs at me all day. That would tighten my ass, too. Yeah, <laughs> that would probably chat I tell you, someone who wasn't tight today and uh, never is—that's Pete Carroll. Apparently, Chris Carson quote hasn't had a snap out here that he didn't look good. Um, apparently, uh, Carson looks great, and uh, of course, Carroll's never going to say anybody doesn't look anything but great. So take it with a grain of salt. But uh, you guys know how I feel about Chris Carson. I'm a big Chris Carson fan. Oh yeah, um, me too. Yeah, uh, one more year and uh, redraft of your dynasty leagues. I'm not. 100% sure what's going to happen with him, uh, where he's going to sign. I doubt it's in Seattle. So he's just one of a mul- multitude of running backs who are probably going to be on the move next offseason. But as far as this season goes, where he's being drafted, he looks like a relative uh, bargain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and he was <laughs> last year too. Um, he's a guy that you can get uh, you know, in the fifth round, fourth round, and uh, – He's a bruiser, man. Um, I want to mention somebody that's on my sleeper list, DJ Dallas from the University yes. of Miami. Um, because Carlos Hyde is uh, very aged and Rashad Penny is due to start the season on the pup, 
I think this kid's going to get some work, maybe a lot earlier than what we think. Um, I don't know about, you know, uh, I'm not saying he's going to be fantasy relevant day one, but he's somebody I would keep an eye out for in Dynasty. And even in redraft, if there's an injury, if Carlos Hyde goes down, um, or God forbid, if, if uh, Carson would go down, I would snatch that kid up. He's got the pass catching chops. Um, Carroll really likes him. He's been a, a camp standout. Um, so that's somebody just to kind of keep on your radar. I wouldn't go crazy, you know, trading for him or anything or, or drafting him in redraft, but just keep an eye out for that kid. Because yep. we've well, seen sort of undrafted rolling. Seahawks become fantasy relevant, right? <laughs> Speaking of undrafted, be sure you catch our own Jax Falcone's new pod, Undrafted. Oh, Jax absolutely, man. He had two network of podcasts. Network of podcasts from the Undroppables. I don't know why you're talking like uh, that. I know, why, yeah, I don't know. I, I, know, don't you know guys why. Really, I know you guys really love that. Um, <laughs> No, I wanted to, dude. I wanted to shout out Jax, and he had two on one Tommy on his first episode, who is a new Undroppables member, and I forgot how much Tommy knew about football because I did his pod uh, several years ago. Tommy just he just lives, breathes, and eats the stuff. He's very knowledgeable, and I thought they had a really really good first run. Um, they also mentioned us several times and gave us their uh, you know uh, respect. So uh, I want to do the same in their direction for sure. Um, reports out of Dolphins camp that Tua may be the number three quarterback um, and, and his hip injury may be factoring in uh, this a uh, cause concern, not cause for concern uh, if you own him in a dynasty league uh, what are you what are you thinking this is this is what you you should have drafted him with this in mind to begin with like absolutely. 20- 2020 was never a year for him to that you were going to get a starting quarterback out of him. You know, you should have been looking at it for a 21 all day um, and picking up Fitzpatrick. And, you know, yeah, he's probably just going to sail the ship right through. But, you know, Rosen's been looking pretty good in camp, too. I mean, there's a few beat reporters that said he's been the best quarterback in camp so far. So, uh, we know, depending on what they decide to do with him, if there's a quarterback needy team that comes up, they could look to move Rosen um, and then, you know, just ride Fitz and go out in style, but I think for 2020, it's going to be all Fitz, uh, Fitz magic again. BZ just absolutely nailed it. And I said on one of our he other episodes, does. yeah, uh, Fitz yeah, um, knows this offense really well. It's his, this is, this is his fourth go around in Chan Gailey's offense. So it's going to be hard to get him off the field anyway, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you got any Tua this year, that was just icing on the cake. You weren't drafting Tua to play in 2020. I hope. You know, the, Herbert might see the field this year, but uh, I think there's a lot less chance that Tua will. And, you know, they don't want to push him. Um, there's no need to push him. Hashtag fear the beard um, is out there, and he's ready to he's ready to chuck the rock. We should talk about Devontae Parker's injury while we're in Miami getting some sun rays. Uh, he has a, a, an undisclosed injury with no timetable for return. So that's been a little Preston Williams. Yeah, you know, okay, that's one of my big sleepers. I mentioned him on Matt's show too. I've been banging that drum for a long time. Uh, I I mentioned him on Matt's show. Did you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's going undrafted in ESPN. Fifty percent of ESPN leagues, he's going undrafted in like eighty percent. Yeah, whoop. Eighty percent of NFL.com leagues, you got to get this guy in your roster. 
And oh. it's caused a lot of dynasty guys to scramble for some of these other guys like Isaiah Ford and Joaquin Grant. And the one I kind of like as an outside chance to see some of the four wide receiver sets this year is Malcolm Perry um, from Navy. Um, this is a deep sleeper, guys, but he played quarterback. He's converted from quarterback from Navy. Um, he's just a football player. Um, he's been a camp standout. There's been some really, really good highlight reels on him. And I think in the four wide receiver sets, that number four spot is wide open. And especially with Devontae Parker with this undisclosed injury, um, you know, why not take a shot on him, rem- especially in a dynasty okay. situation? But draft Preston he reminds Williams. Me, he reminds me of Antoine Randall Okay. And now I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Antoine Randall because Antoine Randall was a phenomenal football player. Uh, but he was just an athlete, right? Yeah. He played basketball for Bobby comment. Knight. Uh he played basketball for Bobby Knight. He played uh, on Indiana's football team. He played on their baseball team. And I believe there was one other sport that he played while he was at Indiana. Uh, he's just a, an athlete, and, and this kid is also. So I really like uh, like you going there with that, Polly. And I'm sorry, BZ, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just no, that's, o- to... that's okay. I know we're, we're, we're kind of we're all doing the, the fighting for it, but I, I do have a quick uh, a quick one here. So Preston Williams, John U. Smith, this is a 12-team PPR, non-premium tight end, for Stefan Diggs. Preston Williams and John U. Smith. That's what I'm saying, too, but I was kind of curious what your thoughts were on it. That's surprising. No, I changed, uh, I changed my mind. I'll, yeah. I'll take Diggs. In terms of big Diggs guys, so that surprised me. Um, I would have to see the roster makeup, how many guys you start, who the other so, tight end would be. Well, so this is what this uh, is. Yeah, is I'll take, I'll take lots more context. Here. It's a, it's a, it's a um, ten. St- it, you could start ten guys on the roster, but it's only one quarterback, and it's all flex spots. Everything else is all flex. Oh, then I think God takes uh, Stephon Diggs. Okay. Yeah, give me Diggs. Yeah. Was this all your right. question? Nope. Was this the question? Oh okay. no, this was just this is something somebody had sent to me a little bit ago um, as a trade thing to just bring up, and it just seemed like a good time because we had mentioned Preston Williams, so I was just seeing where his value was at. Um, we briefly mentioned. I really, uh, go ahead, term. Get, can I? Can I? I want to. I'm in a league uh, with Ball Blast, uh, Michelle, and uh, she traded Preston Williams for Chris Herndon. Um, oh, woof. the other day, straight up. Woof. Yeah, well, straight up. Is it tight end premium? Um, it is a tight end premium. Yeah, uh, however, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating <laughs> that trade. I'm not a, a Herndon guy at all, and I really, really like Preston Williams. Uh, yeah. Michelle is Still a wolf. Get, Michelle is a get your guy uh, fantasy is. football player. Uh, she yes, she has her guys and she goes and gets them. She doesn't look as much uh, at market value and at getting value and at things like that. She goes and gets her guys. It's it's what she does. She's been successful at it. I'm not going to hate it. I'm, you know, and she yeah, would no, agree see, with this me. Wasn't a, if she was here right now, this I'm wasn't not, a poo poo. Yeah. Oh no, no, I know. Yeah, this wasn't a poo poo, Michelle. Uh, look, I don't I think really any like of Michelle. us are. And I'm saying, if she was here um, right now, this she was would more totally of a, agree with me. Yeah, this was more of a BZ brought his value up, so I wanted to throw that trade out there. Yeah. Uh, that so to illustrate that a lot of people, while a lot of people are really high on Preston Williams, a lot of people are not so high on Preston Williams. 
Yeah, I think what he, he had, showed in that first eight games has got to uh, give you pause. I mean, you know, uh, 650 yards, 60 targets. He was out-targeting Devontae Parker through those first eight games, who had 54 targets. Um, he was uh, really looking to be the wide receiver one before mm-hmm. uh, when Devontae, when uh, when he got hurt, when Preston got hurt, uh Two weeks later is when uh, Parker went on his like four game stretch where he got ten to eleven targets a game. That only happened after Preston Williams went down. So yeah. I, I I think that uh, he's somebody you definitely shouldn't overlook. And uh, I'm looking to take him in the in the later rounds or last round of uh, redraft leagues all day long. I'm not going to let him go undrafted. There's no way. Well, I took him in the tenth round of an eighteen round redraft league Sunday, my home league. Uh, just to make sure I got him. So the fact that he's going undrafted in 80% of ESPN leagues is a big, big wolf for me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yep. I think people just forgot about him because he missed half the season. You know, it's it's a what have you done for me lately kind of, uh, you know, situation for redrafters, and they just can't remember. All they can remember is Devontae Parker. So I think that's why. So who was the guy that you were just chomping at the bit to get out there? Well, I just wanted to make sure we covered all the injuries, and we <laughs> only briefly mentioned Tyrell Williams' torn labrum, but he's out for the season now. Yes. So that opens up the door for a little bit more uh, clarity in Ryan that Gordon. wide receiver core. You've got Waller, you've got uh, Renfro, Ruggs, and Brian Edwards. So the tweet that went out was, who do you want this year out of the two rookies? Do you want Ruggs or do you want Ren- uh, Edwards, Brian Edwards on your team? It depends on the makeup of my team. So if I have a bunch of uh, guys that are steady producers, uh, I'll take Ruggs, uh, especially if I can start like four wide receivers. Okay, for the uh, upside. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And if I... If I got uh, if I got some volatile guys like if I if my starting wide receivers are Tyreek Hill and T Y Hilton, uh, give me the steady guy. I'll take some Brian Edwards, so I, at least I know where I got a floor every week because I expect that guy to catch a lot of passes. Yep. Well, is Darren Waller being kind of slept on? I mean, I know his ADP is like yes. what, tight end seven, mm-hmm. but he caught ninety balls last year. You've got two rookies that, who knows? I mean, once the games start, maybe the rookies struggle a little bit. Who's there? Who's the steady Eddie running up the seam um, and ran a 4-4, for God's sakes, at 260 pounds? Uh, Darren fucking Waller. Sorry, my French, but, um, God, I I don't see why. Yeah. I mean, you can wait. If, If I don't get one of the top four guys... Um, I've seen guys go ahead of him that I wouldn't take. I've seen Hayden Hurst going ahead of him. Um, I've seen Evan Ingram go ahead of him, who's made a glass. Uh, poor kid. I'm sorry, but he is. And um, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, who I do like because uh, Tyrod targets the position. But for me right now, Darren Waller is the unquestioned tight end five uh, in redraft. And uh, uh, shame on you if you let – um, if you draft one of those other guys before him, I think 90 catches last year. God, even if he loses a little bit and catches 75 or 80, he's still going to be probably a top five tight end again. It's kind of easy money, really. Uh, I'm in a I'm in a keeper league where I can keep seven or eight players, and if you 
Just keep seven, you get a second round supplemental pick. And I kept eight, and my eighth was Darren Waller, even though I have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, why not? That's how yeah. that that's how much I value him. Yeah, because yeah, you could flex him. I just didn't. Yeah, I just didn't want someone else to get him. Yep. Hundred percent. We talked about 16, that last sixteen team league. Oh, geez, yeah. So that's huge value. Uh, we, we talked about that last week with uh, Scott Fish and them too. Is the guys you want to target in this offense is you know Waller and you know Hunter Renfro, and you know the vets of the offense right now and. Let until the rookies kind of figure out who's going to be who. So this is a good, good transition into our listener league uh, because I, you mentioned Hunter Renfro on the pod last week, Polly, and I checked our listener league waiver wire, and he was available. And Mike Williams, I had just lost, um, and I didn't draft Mike Williams. He was given to me, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss that a little more. But uh, and I was very tickled to see that you were the one that I outbid for him. Yeah, your recommendation. Yeah, that always sucks when you when you <laughs> when you talk about a guy and then somebody gets him right from you. Uh, I got Ryquell though, so uh, I'm 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 pretty stoked about that for my RB five. Um, cool. That's, that's a cool story, dude. <laughs> He's. <laughs> He's gonna get some work, man. You know, for a waiver wire guy, I'm picking him up off the waiver wire. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys. Uh, I guess we haven't gotten to the news yet, but um, Leonard Fournette got cut. Oh yeah, yeah and sure. Reichwell yeah. plays for the Jags. So okay, yeah. all right. Just wanted to make sure. I don't know if you guys yeah. slept through that part or not. No, it was a, I, it was no, a great no, story. Man. Great story, yeah. dude. I'm listening. Yeah, these mm-hmm. mother. <laughs> so i want to talk about our listener league because our listener league was crazy um so we i guess if you if you listen you're familiar with the rules uh we uh were which rounds did we auto we autoed the second the fifth the The eighth eighth, the 11th and the 11th and the 14th were auto picks um and it was what was it the the next five people uh, on the the ADP yeah. list? Yeah. So got Dave thrown into a hat. Yeah. And Dave just pulled out numbers, and and whoever's number corresponded with the player is who you got. Yeah, and that I did it that way. I set it up that way so like the guys on the ends right before the auto draft, they wouldn't be able to just automatically see who they were going to get auto drafted. So and we threw some guys out. We threw Darius Geis out. Um, and, uh, and some guys like that, we, we threw some guys out of the auto draft pool, but, um, I thought it would be fun since we're unscripted to have a league that was kind of, uh, topsy turvy unscripted. So we did have the five auto draft rounds and then the scoring is going to change too. So, uh, we did a random draw for that too. We knew going in that there would be five weeks of tight end premium, five weeks of points per carry and five weeks of six-point passing touchdowns instead of four. And on the final championship week, we're going to do another random redraw and and see which scoring we do for that week. Um, So the first five weeks is going to be tight end premium, which worked right into my favor because I drafted Kittle, and then I drafted, uh, and then I was auto-drafted Hunter Henry a few rounds later, 
and immediately flipped Hunter Henry for Devontae Parker to a team that did not have a tight end and wanted to be relevant for the tight end premium. So uh, I'm loving that. Um, although De- Devontae Parker's hurt right now, uh, he'll be he'll be okay. He'll be good. We were doing a draft. Um, we were doing another draft uh, that was similar to this draft. Then it was Superflex, uh, and I was randomized the fifth pick. And uh, to me, the fifth pick in a Superflex draft is the worst pick because you miss out on McCaffrey, you miss out on Barkley, and you miss out on the two quarterbacks, uh, <coughs> Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. Basically, when you when you get the fifth pick, you're you, – I mean, you're taking Zeke, right? I mean, so I had just taken Zeke uh, in the fifth pick, and I got the fifth pick in this draft. And when it got to me, I was like, I'm not taking Zeke again. So I took Dalvin Cook. And then I took Zeke um, right after Pauly, you. Yeah, yeah. It was, Pauly took Zeke right after me. I, I was, you know, I'm fine with that. I, I really Jumping up and down, I was so happy. I thought for sure you would take Zeke, but then you had just uh, – published that uh, thread about you know the OC changes and yep. uh, yeah. um, how Saquon Barkley's value is, is higher because Garrett likes to uh, run in the red zone and uh, um, now that McCarthy's in uh, Dallas you know he's more of a throwing in the red zone guy um, although he's not the OC technically I mean you know that his his influence will his be influence is going to be felt yes that was a good way of saying it yeah. Let's shout out the other guys in the league. Uh, Hold on. I got Saquon Barkley at 104. Just want to let everybody know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was I weird because got- we, we we did a random, you know, draw too, and and, it, and we were fourth, fifth, and sixth, which was yeah, just we really were weird. right next to each other. In a 12-team league. But um, Mike Fayella uh, at MFayella2001 is in the league. Jamothicon. Uh, Jemo, uh, who's a, we're big fans of, uh, is in the league. Um, at Cali King 49ers 17, he's a 49ers fan term. He's followed me for a long time. He's cool. He's in the league. Uh, at Shaggerty, Shawnee Manziel. I kind of like that Shawnee Manziel. I don't know him um, that well, but he's in there. Um, at Sour Kraus, it's kind of a, a fun name. Uh, he's in there. Uh, F Geronimo 09. Uh, and then of course at Wilson 27, who like, I think has followed me from day one when I started doing this and he was in our poly sleepers listener league. Um, he seems to get into a lot of the listener leagues. I think he was in a few other ones too. Um, he's really cool at Sam DB and at buy and sell you, um, who's a good fantasy account on Twitter too. And he's a huge big Bengals fan. I like paying attention to, you know, what fans of teams guys are in my leagues. It really can help you with trades. You know, keep in mind that he's a he's a Cincy fan. And then uh, I noticed that Terms team name is playing under protest because you just really didn't like the whole crazy setup of this league and you So not only did I get stuck not only did I get stuck between you two idiots ensuring that nobody was going to slip past either of you two. Except uh, Zach, except Zach Moss. Nobody wants him. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, that, is that the best you got? Really? <laughs> no, it was just, it was just a little woof, dude. <laughs> Throw a little woofy-doo in there. That's all. Okay. 
I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm feeling good today. Don't worry. You should you should get them in now because once the season starts, your ass is mine. <laughs> when they sign Leonard Fournette, we'll see. <laughs> if they if they sign Leonard Fournette, I'm kicking you off the podcast. <laughs> I like I like Beasy's team. He's got uh, we did Superflex. He's got Josh Allen and Matt Ryan. That makes one of us. He's got Joe Burrow backing him up, so that's good for Superflex. Saquon, Kareem Hunt. Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, TJ Hawkinson to start off with tight end premium. That might be good. He's got DeAndre Swift, Brandon Cooks, John, my man Johnu Smith. Uh, he's got a good squad there, man. You better yeah, watch I'm gonna, out. I'm gonna um, get it. Brian Edwards is on my bench. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to talk about your fucking bench, BZ. I'm sorry. I was just going to talk about. Your yeah, well, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got auto to fucking Alexander Madison. In like the eighth round or whatever it was. That's huh? a well, when your boy Dalvin Cook doesn't sign, that's going to end up working out really good for you. Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, I was wondering if that was a sign of things to come. And speaking of which, uh, Terms got Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins and Dwayne Haskins and Dalvin Cook. Jordan mm-hmm. Howard, Juju Smith-Schuster, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett. I like those wide receivers. Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, my bad. Preston, Preston Williams. Williams. Uh, I'm naming your team right now. You don't yep. have to name it too. Yeah. Hunter, <laughs> Hunter Renfro. Yeah, and and fucking Zach Moss on your bench. You aren't uh, going to mention my bench. Woof. I had to mention Zach Moss. I think we've all got pretty good teams. Uh, Polly, I got uh, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert for a little late season insurance maybe uh, or, or trade. I got Zeke. Dobbins, who we talked about earlier, Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham, George Kittle, AJ Brown, Devontae Parker, Tariq Cohen. Um, that's just the championship squad right there. So I mean, just mail it, mail it in, guys. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's hard to silence these two, but I did it. I'm sorry, I was nodding off. Yeah, I, I was actually doing a tweet on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a fun league. We'll we'll shout out these guys all through the season and uh, watch out for Wilson, man. He'll throw some crazy trades at you. So, uh, yeah, um, he got he got me earlier. Yeah, if he's already thrown you a, a, a crazy stupid trade, that's uh, um, that's just uh, that's just his style, man. He'll he'll do it all year long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this guy out because uh, he offered me some bullshit. I told you. <laughs> I tried to tell you. Uh, yeah, he offered me some bullshit. It was uh, uh, Sammy Watkins for Terry McLaurin. Oof, man, what the dude? Oof. I I got offered I got offered T Y Hilton, James Conner, and Alan Lazard for Saquon. Oof. In this league, yes. You mean Oof. you didn't jump on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I looked at I I saw his picture on Twitter and I was like, dude, look at your picture on Twitter. I'm like, what is it? He goes, a dog. I'm like, yeah, woof. Woof. <laughs> he wants to trade me T.Y. <laughs> for Devontae Parker straight up. I'm not so mad he, at that one. He's offered T.Y. to everybody in the league. Yeah, uh, he, he, he offered him T-Y. to me, too. Uh, and somebody put, who? yeah, he's got Chris Carson, right? Somebody put Chris Carson on the trade block. Ooh. That's tantalizing. That's, come talk to me about Chris Carson, whoever you are. Right, and you still haven't given me any offers. You're going to trade me Chris Carson and Son of a Gun, I thought. you For what? You said you wanted to get rid of him. 
The only reason I want to get rid of him in that way, not son of a gun, in um, usual suspects. Yeah. Usual suspects. The only reason I want to get rid of him is because I have Tyler Lockett and Russell Williams and Chris Carson on that team. We'll trade me Tyler Lockett then. I will trade you Tyler Lockett or Chris Carson. Okay, I'll take both of them. Both of them. I'll this take- is the league. This is the league that I went uh, almost undefeated in last year. I only mm-hmm. lost to our our buddy uh, at FF Portman. Um, you can find him on Dynasty Rewind podcast. That's a really fun podcast. Uh, he was the only one to beat me in this league last year. So I'm coming after you. I've made some moves. Tip of the cap to at FF Portman and our our friend uh, at Brother Matt has also made moves in this league. Uh, apparently, he thinks he's uh, also coming after me. So I'm coming after you in that league, dude. I've made some moves. You, you <laughs> come for the king. You best not miss. That's all I got to say. I won't. Hey, real quick. Uh, speaking Ooh. of uh, speaking of the Dynasty Rewind. Um, that question I had about you earlier was from MJ Bowers. So if you want me to drop it right now while we're talking about it, we can. Yeah. Drop right. it like it's hot. All right. So he, I, I think this comes from, let's call it a, maybe a little bit of an angry Philadelphia Eagles fan. But he said, <clears throat> ter- he said, <laughs> he said, term in last week's episode, you preach patience on rookies. Yet later in the same episode, you said, Jade, our Sega Whiteside is a jag. Please explain your thought process. Love you guys. My thought, my thought process is I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen enough. There, there. I mean, I, I just, I, what do you want me to say? I mean, I don't. I thought so. Apparently, he played last year hurt. Is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't wildly reported, and it sort of feels like something they floated out there to justify his awful season. What did he catch, 11 passes last year? Yeah, something like that. Well, hey. he also came out and said that he had trouble with the playbook, and they yes. they put a lot on him. They wanted him to learn uh, <clears throat> multiple positions, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't ready for that. I mean, so, I like the question. If, if, you, if you preach waiting on rookies, then why – you know why dismiss a guy after one year? I, I think it's pretty valid. Um, I so th- if I had JJR Sega Whiteside on my dynasty team, I'm not getting rid of him for nothing. At the same time, if somebody comes and offers me a second round pick, I'm probably taking it. Mm-hmm. Based yeah. on the little bit I've seen, uh, I don't think that's being impatient. You gave him a whole year in a in a year that they were pulling guys off the practice squad. And bandaging wide receivers together, trying to make, trying to get Carson Wentz some targets, somebody to throw the football to. Boston yeah. Scott was a thing. I tweeted out. Uh, Greg come, Ward was a thing. I tweeted out. Uh, um, come, come for the cheesesteak and stay for the corner fade route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they might, I mean, they might need you out there. Yeah, no, it was a perfect opportunity for they, him the, to to show that he's got something because they really needed him, but. Uh, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up on him, but I think you're right. If you've got him, you hold him. But if somebody wants to to pay for him, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd sell him for a second. Sure, absolutely. And uh, is there room uh, for me to be wrong there? Sure, uh, but in a in a, I think it was the third year breakout for wide receivers. It was it was a different game from college to the pros, and it took them a while to get acclimated. 
It took them a while to adjust to the physicality of the NFL. And the change to spread offenses and the implementation of more of the college game at the pro level has severely blunted the learning curve for wide receivers in the transition from college to the NFL. And you see that in the production of the rookie wide receivers. Uh, Last year is a perfect example. No one thought that class was going to be as good and as productive as it was. But you had guys like Terry McLaurin who were coming out of the woodwork, and it seemed like every hitter. Yeah, DJ DJ Chark was in his second year. uh, And it seemed like those guys were just, they just, it clicked right away. So when a guy has that kind of draft capital, and I believe they took him in the second round, and he comes out and he falls flat on his face, and he has 11-catch season, and the opportunity was clearly, it's not like he's sitting behind Julio Jones. It's easy to say, okay, this guy just doesn't have it. So I'll admit that maybe I'm being a little too hasty, but as far as what I've seen, I don't think he's anything special. I got what you're saying, and I, but he's going to have the opportunity again. Uh, Coach said today that uh, Alshon's not going to get out there until he's 100%, so that tells you it's going to be a while. You've got Rager hurt, so it's just D-Jax and Greg Ward and, and our Sega Whiteside, so it's going to be him again. I, th- I think that him and Nikhil Harry are in the same boat, right? Um, uh, battled some injuries, admittedly didn't you know pick up the playbook, they're both on teams that desperately need wide receiver help because you've got D-Jax, you've got Julian Edelman, and nothing else. Um, so I think both of those guys, you got to give them uh, one more year, and, and all the opportunity is there for them right now to show that they were drafted where you know for good reason. So I say give them one did more you guys, year. And did you guys hear the story about Enkeel Harry at practice? Um with the touchdown, pulling himself off the field. No, pulling himself. Oh, off sitting the over field in the and shade and sitting oh, over that, in the shade while ago. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just yeah, the jury is really out on these two guys, um, and the opportunity is there. So that's a, a great comparison there, Polly. Uh, Let me, you know, in sense of that too. You know that that was one of the stories that came out, like you know, like a week and a half ago, whatever that was. But then recently. There's been a lot of talk coming out about how well Harry has progressed and he, him and Cam have been getting much better on their chemistry and especially in the red zone, they're doing some work. So, you know, eh, take beat reporters for what you say. I mean, that's big because they don't have a tight end that's to speak Mm -hmm. of at all. Uh, It's between Izzo and Asani, who's a rookie, so there's probably not going to be much production there. Julian Edelman's not a big red zone uh, weapon, so uh, that's huge if he could get some red zone work. Um, they need it really, yeah. really, really bad. You know, they said it was, uh, you know, that Harry had gone in on a slant and he was blanketed by the, re- by the cornerback, and Cam was forced out of the pocket, and Harry adjusted his route. <gasps> And met Ham, met Cam in the back of the in the back of the end zone for a touchdown, and they just they they both got together and like celebrated it because that was the second one of the day. Um, you know, it's just it, again, it's well, just it's just reports that we're hearing, but you know, uh, I try not to take 
too much of what goes on as much anymore. You know, you got to you got to fade the good and the bad with it. No, you're right. Right after the reports came out that he sat out and, and walked over in the shade and sat down by himself. Right after that, the reports got a lot better that the something was clicking. Who knows? Somebody might have had a heart to heart with him and said, you know, you can't just go sit down in the middle of practice. You got to get your head. You know. Somebody might have, you know, uh, slapped him around a little bit and woke his ass up. Who knows? Uh, well, you know, gave him a shot. Of, gave him a shot in the arm. Uh, as yeah, a player, you know, who knows? Well, but it's, but it's also too. It's like you know, one of the Jets beat reporters came out and they said they go, oh, Le'Veon Bell running with the second team. You don't see this often. Well, you know what? <laughs> the other beat reporter came out and said Le'Veon Bell ran with the first team and then decided he wanted more reps, so he ran with the second team. So, you know, you hear these stories. It's like you got to take it for what it is. And If Fournette signs in Buffalo, I'll, we're starting. We're going to be recording on different nights, and you're not getting the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if Fournette signs in Buffalo, you may just want to – you may just want to – you might want to block me on Twitter for a few days. I quit. I quit. Yeah. I will block you on Twitter. <laughs> And I will boot you out of the undroppables chat. <laughs> and you and your fucking face app can go do whatever it is you do with each other. So now oh, I, I can't decide which signing would create more hell. Him signing in Kansas City or him signing in Buffalo. <laughs> I want to I, I see him sign in Kansas City just so I can be like that, uh, that Elmo gif where he's on fire with his arm stuck out. Right, just... Well, I just want to watch it burn. Oh, we, yeah, most of us are Jonathan Taylor over Clyde Edwards Hilaire, so um, that would really help out uh, that take, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, yes, it would. <laughs> I would really love to see him sign. If he's going to go anywhere, go to Washington. Uh, you're not yeah. screwing anybody in Washington. Um, go to San, go to uh, San Diego. Go to Los Angeles and and uh, be one B to Austin Eckler's one A. They've yep. shown that they can make that work. Um, and he's clearly a better player than than uh, Jackson and uh, Kelly. I really like Joshua Kelly, dude. And uh, some insider information from somebody that follows me that. Uh, his uh, buddy went to college with him, and that he's he's going to get you know early down work and goal line work. Uh, not all of it, but he he's going to he's definitely uh, Jackson's been hurt, so he's kind of uh, supplanted Jackson, and he's a much better player uh, than Jackson. I think Kelly was a UCLA boy. Yeah, he went to UCLA. Um, yeah, so um, I don't think. They, I think they like him. I don't think they'd bring in Fournette personally, but yeah, Washington. I mean, although, what's the point? You know, I mean, they're early in a rebuild. He's so twenty-four. Yeah, he is. I mean, they get a franchise running back the, for one year and then sign him. The Panthers are also in a rebuild, but they're not kicking Christian McCaffrey to the curb. Mm-hmm. Well, right, because yeah, it's Christian I mean, McCaffrey. I mean, well, I mean Fournette. I mean. He, was pretty damn good last year on a mm-hmm. pretty terrible team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like weighted opportunity, um, like what he should have done based on what he did, he was one of the worst backs oh, in the league for man. weighted opportunity. Um, and also, I was watching a, a highlight reel of him today, 
And I'm not so sure that touchdown positive regression is coming. He didn't well, score touchdown. Now. He didn't score touchdowns because he got caught from behind on every single run that he broke that he broke well, away. But he ain't no speedster. He's never been that. So he never he never scored um, because some he got tackled from behind on like every single one of those big runs. So I'm not so sure that that's you know why he scored you know so few touchdowns. He never scored because they didn't get inside the red zone. Yeah, but he had I mean, a ton every, that he broke away that should have been touchdowns, and like you said, he's not a speedster, so he got caught from behind. So that's you, that's my point. How do you feel if you're uh, Bill O'Brien and you could have just kept DeAndre Hopkins and picked up Leonard Fournette for free instead yeah. of trading him away for David Johnson? That was actually one of my landing spots for him potentially. Um, you know, I, I don't think Houston's defense is anything to write home about, but I mean him. Him in that backfield with Watson, and it would definitely give him a much better running back than David freaking Johnson. So, but I do think that they're committed to Johnson because they did trade for Hopkins. So, Bill O'Brien's got to, you know, he's got to see if uh, David Johnson can save his job. He's got a mind of his own. I think Houston will have a new coach next year, and it will be unfortunate because uh, GM Bill O'Brien is is worse than coach Bill O'Brien. And whoever yep. is that coach is going to is walking into a pretty bad situation. Yep. <laughs> because all their picks are gone. Yes. That's really bad. I How I, I don't understand why they let him do that, but that's the, for another day. Yeah, um obviously uh we could talk football all night. Um I think we're probably up against the 2-minute uh, warning pretty hard here. Uh, so uh, this is as good a spot as any to uh, cut it and uh, say we'll see you guys next week. Uh, and remember that the best football discussions are always unscripted. unscripted.